It's your career that is in your hands and you get to decide what is most important to you. Not waiting to get permission, not waiting for someone else to take the lead, not waiting to feel ready, but knowing that you wanting it is reason enough for you to show up and go after it. I want you to think about what a powerful impression you will make if you do that. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jess. I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am also a career coach for ambitious women who want to build big careers. And I am here to help you build confidence, find your voice, and get on an accelerated path to leadership. My mission is to support more women in growing into leaders in their corporate careers because I had a corporate career. I was super ambitious. I ended up becoming an executive in that corporate career, but it was not without struggle. And when I was in my corporate career, before I became a coach, before I took this podcast full time, I really struggled with self-confidence. I had major, major imposter syndrome. I ran into so many internal mindset obstacles throughout my career And I searched and I searched and I searched for career advice and help and guidance and inspiration to help me through some of my struggles. And I could not find anything. And everything I found was either way too surface level or felt very condescending and not welcoming. And I really created my show and I do this work to offer a space for women like me who are very ambitious, but who are also working through internal obstacles, imposter syndrome, insecurities, and who want a welcoming space to get to find that internal authentic sense of self-confidence. That is what I am here to help you build. And my job on this podcast is to give you tons of tools to help you do that. And more importantly, to inspire you to believe in yourself and your potential as a leader. If you feel that while listening to this show, then I am doing my job. So welcome. Today's episode is all about professional development conversations and self-advocacy, which is very important if you want to be on a path to leadership, if you are an executive or you want to become an executive, then the art of leading conversations around your own professional development and your own path to leadership within your company is incredibly important. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. And I want to let you know to listen till the very end of today's episode because This is the final episode in my mini series of episodes that have an inside the academy segment at the very end. If you have not heard about my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy, it is my signature group program. It is a small, intimate group experience where I guide my clients towards greater confidence and a super authoritative and powerful voice. That is what we do inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And throughout the month of March, I've been doing some special segments at the end of each episode where I take you behind the scenes of the Art of Speaking Up Academy and give you a glimpse of what it's like to be inside that program. So be sure to listen to the very end past the outro music so that you can get a sneak peek at that segment in today's episode. And now let's dive in to the topic today, which is this idea of speaking like a leader and having professional development conversations and really effectively advocating for the growth that you want to experience. 
Now, I have a lot to say on this topic. There is so much to share here. There is both the mindset portion of this because self-advocacy and having professional development conversations can really bring up lots of feelings and lots of fears and lots of insecurities. So the mindset component is huge. There's also a practical component of how to do this really thoughtfully and strategically so that you are positioning yourself for the growth that you desire. So I'm going to try my best to pack in as much as I possibly can in this episode. And I need to start with an overarching principle that is very important for me to share with you that I often share with my one-on-one clients when I'm supporting them with professional development and stepping into that next promotion or leadership role or executive role, which is this idea that when it comes to your professional development and your growth and getting promoted, I really want you to think about it as going beyond just the experience at your company. I think what can happen a lot of the times when you're thinking about advocating for a promotion and really making sure that you're having conversations that support the growth that you want to experience inside your company, a lot of times what happens is it's easy to get into the mentality of like, I'm asking them for this and I'm asking them to give this to me. I'm asking them to give me a promotion. And on the surface, it kind of looks like that, right? Like I'm asking my company to give me this thing. But there's a super important mindset shift that I suggest you prioritize as a shift that you want to make internally within yourself, which is you are not asking your employer to give you something. Your career, your career path, your career progression, your growth belongs to you. You get one career arc, one career arc in your lifetime that belongs to you. And you get to decide what is important for you to experience during that career arc that belongs to you. And when you work for your employer, you are giving them a precious chunk of time out of your finite career arc. So when you're having professional development conversations, you are not just asking them for something, you are taking control of something that belongs to you and making sure that your time is being well spent, your finite career time is being well spent on a career path that is satisfying and rewarding and meaningful to you. It's not just that you're asking them for something. You're giving them something very, very precious, your time. You're giving them your time. And so when you're having these conversations, it's not you being selfish and saying, I want you, employer, to give me this thing. I want you to promote me. I want you to find me a path to executive leadership. It's not you just saying that. It's you saying, hey, I have a career that's really important to me. And I chose to work at this company as part of my career. And I want to know that that decision is going to benefit me as much as my time here is benefiting this company. Because your career path and your growth doesn't belong to your company or your boss. It belongs to you. And you get to decide which companies to plug into. And they're benefiting from that decision. So If you're at a company that's not being clear with you around when you should get promoted and is taking a really long time and is not rewarding you for your talents and efforts, it's not this game of like, are you good enough for them and are you good enough for that company? It's your career that is in your hands and you get to decide what is most important to you. And if they're not offering you what is most important to you, you don't owe them anything in return. So this isn't about like you showing them how good you are so that you can get promoted. This is about you acknowledging that you are a talented human, that you're building a career path, and that you're going to make that career path happen, whether it's at company A or company B. And when you start to have that perspective, you become much pickier about where you're willing to work. You become much more focused and discerning on these professional development conversations because you're no longer thinking about it as like, oh, I hope they pick me. 
you know, I hope they give this to me. You're thinking about it as like, this is the career path I've decided for myself. This is what I'm creating in my career. I'm creating a career where I'm on a path to leadership. I'm creating a career where I get into this type of role. I'm creating a career where I become an executive. My job is to find out if I can make it happen here in this place where I work. And if it's not looking like I can, then I'm gonna go make it happen somewhere else. And I will tell you, I know that can sound dramatic, but that is one of the reasons that I became an executive so quickly is I I just refused to work anywhere where my professional development wouldn't be heavily and aggressively supported. And that was one of the first things that I screened for because it's like, I can spend two to four years somewhere giving you my all and really supporting what's important, you know, to the company. I can give you that and I can either literally get back just my paycheck and the same stuff over and over for two to four years or I can get real growth. And for me, I would always choose growth because I couldn't find any downside. And there were times when I was tempted to go work for places that didn't look like they cared about professional development where I probably would have stagnated. And anytime that happened, I held strong and I decided I'm waiting for something that I'm excited about and I'm waiting for a place that's going to reward me because I majorly lose motivation if I stagnate. If I don't have opportunities to grow and evolve and expand, (laughs) my brain will like consume itself brain cannibal style, whatever that might look like. So I knew that I needed that. And so I viewed companies as like, you're plugging into my career path. What's going to happen when I plug myself into this company? Is it going to turn out the way that I want or not? The reason that I'm sharing this with you is because you might be thinking that you're unworthy of the growth that you want or you don't deserve it or you're not good enough for it. And you need, you know, you need to be more perfect and you hope and pray that your employer will give it to you anyway. And, you know, imposter syndrome and those fears, that's a whole other topic. But what I would really want to encourage you to think about is this idea that there's no like magic skill or magic thing that you need to have to build the career that you want. It's just a decision that you make. And then you go and take all the steps necessary to actually make that decision happen and bring that to life. And so you don't need your employer to fairy godmother style with a magic wand, like boop you on the head and be like, you are worthy and we will promote you. You can just decide this is what I want in my career. This is what I'm building. And when you go into professional development conversations with that perspective, you go in much, much stronger. And that strength is what helps your employer see that you're not going to be a pushover and you're not going to settle to be the person that gets deprioritized merit cycle after merit cycle. And this isn't about being rude. This isn't about being aggressive. This is about having standards for yourself and your career, because like I said, you get one career arc. And I feel like whenever we have finite amounts of something in life, those are the things that have to be most precious, right? Like the things that are finite in life Uh, the time we get with our loved ones, what happens in our career. I feel like for me, it's really important to look at those things and say, what is most important for me here? Even if it's scary or uncomfortable or it requires a lot of effort, like what is really important to me in my life? And for me, I was like, oh, I want my career to feel juicy and fun and satisfying and awesome and cool. And listen, I had lots of insecurities and I wasn't perfect. And I felt conflicted about that because I was like, can I have this amazing career, even though I'm like so awkward in meetings and struggling to believe in myself and feel awful about myself? Like I felt that push pull. I felt that tension. But you have to stick with the vision long enough to work through the challenges and obstacles. You can't wait until you feel perfect and confident to be like, and this is what I want. You decide it now and then you work through all of the obstacles along the way. That is what builds the confidence. That is what helps you feel strong. And so I wanted to start out with this reframe because I don't want you to be in a place where you're hoping that your employer will deem you worthy by offering you what you want. You just get to decide what you want and you get to pursue it and 
Your employer is either going to support that in the way you want to be supported or they're not. It's actually quite black and white, which makes your job really easy because if they're not holding up their end of the bargain, you can find a place that will. (laughs) This is an area where I'm just super discerning and I have a super, I had a super high bar and high standard for myself and my career. And I want to share that with you to just expand your perspective about what might be possible in case you're in an environment where you're not experiencing the growth that you want and maybe it's not feeling totally worth it to you. (laughs) Okay, so, all right, time to get deeper into this. Now, before I can even tell you about self-advocacy, how to have professional development conversations, how to powerfully position yourself for that next promotion, that next up level that you want, we have to talk about a concept called speaking like a leader and really showing up and acting and being a leader. And the best way that I can explain this concept with you is through examples. So the examples that I wanna share with you are all around this idea of showing versus telling. And I think we all learned this like in English class back in the day where they were like, show, don't tell. So instead of saying, the man was angry, say, the man was shaking and his face was turning beet red, right? Show, don't tell. So I want to give you a couple examples of show, don't tell, because it's going to help you understand what you want to be doing when it comes to professional development conversations. So here's an example of show, don't tell. I want you to imagine that you are hiring a either an interior designer or a personal stylist. Pick whichever feels most fun to you, right? Maybe both. <laughs> but you're hiring someone to help you with the aesthetics, whether it's of your closet and your wardrobe or your home. Now, if you're hiring someone to help you with your personal style and you're trying to decide if you wanna work with this person, you are probably going to start to research how they help you and what it's like to work with a stylist and um, what their packages are like and how they help their personal styling clients. And you will probably at some point meet this personal stylist to decide if it's a good fit, right? And so, of course, if you've looked at their website and seen their portfolio and looked at what they do, you probably have a good sense of their skills and whether they can help you. But I'm pretty sure that if you were to meet them in person or get on a call with them, you would probably be looking at their outfit and you would probably be looking at what they're wearing because they're a personal stylist and they're presenting themselves to the world as someone who's really good at style. So you're naturally probably going to be very attuned to their style, even though you're hiring them to help you with your style. Similarly, if you're hiring an interior designer to help you redesign your house, let's say you go meet them at their office Even though, again, they probably have a website, you know what they do, like you've learned about them, you're still gonna look around their office and notice their furniture. Does it look pretty, right? And if a personal stylist or an interior designer doesn't have an aesthetic presentation that's impressive, that is going to impact your thoughts about them. Even though they might have a solid portfolio and everything about them might point to the fact that they're really good at what they do. You're going to be looking at whether they're leading by example. You're going to be looking at that. And this is my best example for you of show versus tell. So a personal stylist could tell you all day long, I'm so good with colors. I'm so good at putting together outfits. I'm so good at finding a style that works for you. But if you look at them and what they're wearing and you don't feel like it reflects that, then they might be telling you all of these things about their skill level, but what they're showing you ultimately is something very, very, very different. And I want you to even imagine that maybe this personal stylist or this interior designer has a really unimpressive website or has no website at all and you don't know much about them, but then you meet them and their outfit is so awesome, and their office is like so beautiful, then you might see that and have enough trust in them because they are so powerfully showing you, not telling you what they do. So showing is what we do for our stakeholder, for our audience, but it's indirect. We're not directly saying, hey, here's what I do, here's what I'm good at. In fact, it just comes from how we're naturally being 
and our audience takes away clues and information about us based on that. So a great example of showing is a personal stylist who has a really well put together outfit or an interior designer who has a really beautifully designed office or home, right? They're showing it, they're walking their talk. Now, this is really important. And the reason that I'm sharing this example with you is because show versus tell happens in the workplace in an extremely, extremely important way. So telling someone that you have what it takes to advance into leadership roles would be you literally saying, hey, I'm really good at X, really good at Y, really good at Z. And it would be you literally telling that to your boss or to the stakeholders that influence the decision of whether or not you advance and get promoted on an accelerated timeline. So it would be you saying, I killed it on this project, right? I've done this and this and this, and here are my skills. That would be telling them that you are good at leadership. Now, showing is not that overt, explicit telling, right? So showing is proverbially you having the beautiful interior designer office or you having the well put together outfit, except in a professional setting, what showing looks like is taking the actions of a leader and acting and behaving and performing as a leader because of the choices that you're making and the way that you are acting in your job. So I'm gonna give you a really useful, specific example of this. This is something that I teach my clients inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy in the executive communication module when we learn executive communication. So there's a tool that I teach my clients inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy called the Boss Tool. And the Boss Tool is all about establishing authority and credibility with your audience when you speak. And what the Boss Tool means and what it's it's used for is it's used to show your audience that you are in charge. But you wouldn't go kick off your meeting and say, I'm in charge. <laughs> that would be telling, not showing, right? You'd show your audience you're in charge by acting like the person who's in charge. And typically, the person who's in charge is often telling people what to do. So the boss tool is all about being very directive with your audience, both at the start of your meetings and throughout your meetings, and telling your audience clearly and explicitly what you need from them, whether you need them to approve something, whether you need them to make a decision, whether you need them to give feedback, whether you need them to interact with your materials, whether you need them to hold your questions till the end, you're being very clear, specific, and prescriptive with your audience. Now, there's two reasons why you're doing this. There's the surface level reason why you're telling your audience what you need. So for example, you're saying, we're going to be making a decision at the end of this meeting. So I need you to be thinking about which direction makes the most sense for your team. The obvious reason why I would say that to my audience is I need them to give me a decision at the end of my meeting. So I'm telling them that I need them to give me a decision because that's what I need for the function and outcome of my meeting. So that's like very obvious. But there's a whole other reason I'm doing that that goes beyond the surface. And this is the show versus tell reason. The other reason that I'm doing that is because when I tell my audience that and I direct them and I give them that very explicit directive, what I am more subtly communicating, aka showing, is that I'm in charge and that I've come here to be in charge and get what I've come for and that I expect my audience to play a role in that. I'm establishing myself as the leader. I'm establishing myself as the authority through the act of being directive and through the act of using that boss tool that I mentioned. And so when you're running a meeting and you're speaking and you're sharing things, it's not just about the obvious content 
and the obvious meaning and purpose of what you're sharing, you are almost always at a more subtle level communicating your level of authority, your level of leadership, and how much you see yourself as being in charge, and your audience will respond to that. And the more that you communicate in a way that shows that you see yourself as the leader and as the authority, the more your audience will see you that way as well. So it's not just that I need a decision from this meeting or I need feedback from my stakeholders in this meeting. It's this is my meeting, this is my project, I have a plan, I'm getting it done, and I need you all to get on board with me. That is the showing. That is the equivalent of you being a personal stylist and having an incredible outfit. You're not just showing up and being like, listen, I'm really, really good at styling. People can see it from your outfit. Similarly, in your career, it's not just about you being like, hey, I'm ready for leadership. I'm really, really good. It's about you showing up as a leader in those spaces so that people can already see that. And I want to take this one step further because this applies in a really, really, really important way when it comes to professional development conversations. The show don't tell principle here is huge, huge. So when you're having professional development conversations with your manager or with a stakeholder who is going to impact the decision of what happens with you professionally, what you're saying is that you desire greater leadership and you're advocating for yourself and expressing that you think you're ready, right? So what I really want you to think about is if you are ready for leadership and if that is the case that you are making through the words that you're telling, you're telling your manager, I'm ready for leadership, then you for sure 100% want to be showing that, which means that it's not just about the actual meeting and the words you say in a professional development conversation. It's about you acting like a leader and through the way that you have those discussions with your manager, hold those conversations, manage the agenda, etc. It is through the way that you do it that you show your manager that you are a leader, that you are ready for leadership. So I wanna make it so clear for you because this is a really subtle point that I'm making, the difference between showing and telling. Telling would be having really powerful talking points and really powerful stories, examples, and narratives that all tie back to your readiness for promotion and the value that you will create for your company once you have that promotion. And that is incredibly important, right? You need strong content, you need strong narratives, you need a very strong case. The stronger the case, the faster your path to leadership is going to be. However, that is only one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is the show. So in addition to telling, telling your manager, here's what I've done, here's the narrative, you're showing through the way that you engage in those conversations. And if you are asking for more leadership, then when it comes to professional development conversations, you should take the lead, right? If I'm asking for more leadership, then for sure one of the things that I should do is take the lead in the process of asking for more leadership, which means when it comes to professional development conversations with your manager, I strongly believe that the most powerful, badass way to navigate that and show up for that is for you to take full, full ownership and responsibility and be fully in charge of that entire dialogue with your manager. Now, some companies have a very structured process already around professional development conversations. Other companies have zero process whatsoever, and most companies fall somewhere in the middle. But I will say that very few companies 
have a process that is as frequent and as in-depth as I would recommend you would want to be to ensure that you are on a powerful path to leadership and on an accelerated path to leadership if that's something that you desire. And so what that means is that you are taking the lead. You are being the leader in this conversation. You're taking on the role of a leader because you are in process of demonstrating your leadership capabilities, right? It's like you're asking your boss to be their personal stylist. You're going to show up in an amazing outfit. You're asking your boss to be their interior designer. Your office is going to look amazing. You're asking your boss to be a leader. You are going to demonstrate the most impressive, most impeccable leadership through that conversation. Now, Here's what I'm not saying in this episode. Here's what I'm not saying. This is really important. I'm not saying that you need to be perfect. I'm not saying that you can't be nervous. I'm not saying that you can't have insecurities. These are all normal human things. And in fact, really good leadership means having the courage to take one step forward even when it feels hard. That is part of the definition of good leadership. It doesn't mean you're not human. It doesn't mean you don't have fears. It doesn't mean that it doesn't feel scary. But a good leader can hold space for that and make room for that and still show up as the version of themselves that they want to be. And so I want to bring us back to the distinction between tell and show and give you some examples of show (laughs) so that you can start to understand what this looks like for you. So telling your boss or company you're ready for leadership literally looks like telling them, here are the traits that I demonstrate. Here's the value I've added. Here's how I plan to bring those traits into this new role. Here's the value that I plan to add in this new role. You're literally telling them these things, but showing them. Showing them happens through the initiative that you take in the process. And here are some examples of how you can show leadership through the process of professional development conversations rather than just telling <laughs> telling them about your leadership. So the first way that you can show leadership is by initiating, right? You can be the person to say, hmm, We are not having regular conversations about my professional development. That is something that I want to start. And instead of waiting for your manager to schedule that, you show them that you have strong leadership skills and you initiate. So that's the first one is initiating. And I always recommend as a very practical step for my clients to start with one session, get time on their calendar, promise to bring the agenda, which I'm about to talk about next, And at the end of that, reach an agreement with them on the frequency with which those meetings will continue. So you start with one single meeting, 30 minutes should be enough time for that. And then at the end of that meeting, you agree on a cadence that you will continue throughout the year. And this doesn't, it doesn't matter if your merit cycle is coming up or not, by the way, right? Like you should be having these conversations always because you are growing and developing always. And if you only have them right before a merit cycle, that's when it starts to feel transactional. And that is, I'm sure, not what you want, right? You want these conversations to have space. You want the relationship with your manager to have room to grow and deepen. And so you don't want to try to squeeze these into the time of year when promotions are being decided. That is not how I would recommend going about this. Okay, so the first way you show you're a leader is by initiating. The second way that you show that you're a leader is by taking all of the effort and burden off of your manager. So not only do you initiate this first initial meeting with them, but you also let them know that they don't have to bring anything or prepare anything and that you will bring the agenda. And not only do you own the agenda for that initial meeting, but once the two of you have agreed on an ongoing cadence, you will be owning the agenda for every single meeting. Now, if your manager says, I want to own the agenda, that's amazing. That means that you have a manager who is more inclined towards people development, knows how to do these things, wants to do these things. So I definitely recommend you graciously accept that offer and allow them to lean in if that's their management style. 
But a lot of managers out there don't know how to do this, literally, and feel scared. Like, just like you feel scared, a lot of managers are scared of this, and they don't know what to do. And it's intimidating. I know you might think I'm lying, but this is so, so true. And even if they're not intimidated, they just might not have the time. And this might feel like an extra stressful thing. And so you are going to take away all of that burden by you bringing the agenda. And they still need to give you feedback in these discussions because they're professional development discussions, but you're owning the agenda just like you would own an agenda for any other meeting that you are having. And so owning the agenda is another way you're gonna show up as a leader. Another item on the list that I recommend you do to show that you're a leader and show up as a leader through this process is to own the overarching arc of these professional development conversations. So in addition to you owning the agenda from session to session, you are also thinking about the bigger picture and thinking about why are we having these sessions in the first place? What are we building towards? And how does our agenda session by session map against that? So for example, If you know that a merit cycle is coming in eight months, you will be thinking about that and accounting for that when it comes to the content that you're bringing to the sessions. And your manager doesn't need to take on that responsibility unless they decide to. And the more that you do these things, you initiate, you manage the agenda, you're thinking about the bigger picture, the more you're taking the leadership role when it comes to your own professional development, and I believe there are few more powerful things that you can do. It shows such maturity, such incredible, deep maturity for you to take the initiative, set this up, offer an agenda, offer to take all of the burden off of your manager, not so you can be obnoxious, not so you can brag about yourself, but because you're showing up as a leader, this is important to you and you're willing to own it and make it seamless and easy for both of you. I want you to think about what a powerful impression you will make if you do that. That is steps above and beyond you just telling them all these great reasons why you should get the promotion. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. Telling is important, but showing is not only so powerful for them to see the full extent of how you show up and make things happen, but more importantly, for you to feel confident and unstoppable about going after the things that matter to you and not waiting to get permission, not waiting for someone else to take the lead, not waiting to feel ready, but knowing that you wanting it is reason enough for you to show up and go after it. And when you do that, you will feel unstoppable and amazing. So that is what I want to leave you with in today's episode is that professional development conversations aren't just about telling, they're about showing. Be the personal stylist who's wearing the amazing outfit. Be the interior designer who has the incredible office. Be the employee advocating for leadership who is showing up 101% embodied like a leader. Stick around because even though the outro music is playing, I have another segment in this episode, which will take you behind the scenes of my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. I can't wait. Let's dive in together. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is where you go to find a voice that's equal parts confident and authentic. It's a place where you get to indulge your belief that the big confidence and career that you desire is totally 100% possible for you. I went from doubting myself constantly and thinking I wasn't as smart as everyone else to thriving in my corporate career and building a reputation as an unstoppable thought leader. Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I'll teach you everything you need to know to do the same so you can take up lots of space and build a career so exciting you kind of want to brag about it. Are you ready? Let's dive in. 
Hello, hello. Welcome to this edition of Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. This is an extra bonus segment that I am doing at the end of all of my March podcast episodes. And if you've listened to the two March episodes that are on the podcast feed before this one, then you heard a little bit about the Art of Speaking Up Academy private podcast that you get access to when you join the Academy. And you've heard about the accountability, coaching, and community that you get when you are inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And today, I want to tell you a little bit more about what we actually do and what you learn inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. One of the most common questions that I get, and this is a legit question and I totally understand it, is what happens in the sessions. So the core of the Art of Speaking Up Academy are live sessions led by me where I am teaching you how to speak like a leader and grow your confidence. And understandably, a lot of my clients who have joined the Academy have felt intimidated, not knowing what to expect inside these sessions. And I get it, because I have done programs and workshops throughout my corporate career that weren't very welcoming. And I feel like when you are putting yourself in a group space and a group environment like the Art of Speaking Up Academy or really any workshop or group program, you're taking a risk and that can feel really scary. And it's very common to wonder if you'll feel welcome, to worry that you'll embarrass yourself, to wonder if it's going to be super stressful. And I very much understand those concerns. And I want to assure you that the Art of Speaking Up Academy is a place designed to help you feel comfortable and to help you become more comfortable in your own skin. So it wouldn't really be effective if I created a space where you felt like you were being judged or where there was a high chance of you embarrassing yourself because the whole purpose of the Academy is for it to be this safe space, this playground where you get to experiment with feeling more confident and more comfortable in your own skin. So I do everything that I possibly can to facilitate a welcoming environment. But what I would want you to for sure know is that you are never, ever forced to speak or put on the spot unless you want to be speaking and want to be contributing. There's two main formats in the Art of Speaking Up Academy. There's teaching. This is where I'm I'm teaching you and I'm sharing tools and concepts and ideas with you. So, you know, you're just passively listening. But then there are also interactive components where we're having group discussions, where you have opportunities to practice the tools that I'm teaching. But for all of those parts of the academy, always, it is always your choice whether to opt in and participate or watch and you get to choose and there's no pressure and there's no judgment. And I make it my personal goal. I have a lot of different goals in running the Art of Speaking Up Academy, but one of my personal goals is I want you to feel so comfortable and so welcome in the space that you genuinely want to participate and that the idea of interacting and being part of the conversation feels really appealing to you and you are feeling drawn in and pulled in and welcome and as secure as possible in the space. Now, of course, I'm human. I hold a lot of privilege. I won't always do that perfectly, but I do my best to keep an open dialogue so that you can let me know how the space is feeling for you. And I do my best to help you have a really good experience because to grow your confidence and find your voice, you have to feel comfortable. You can't find confidence and experience deep, meaningful internal growth in a space where you feel like you can't be yourself or a space that feels like really stiff and judgy and like you're being judged. And so that's something that I want to share with you because some people come into the program feeling unnecessary anxiety about how it might be. And some of my clients even imagine like really scary formats for the session because they imagine that they're going to be like forced to do things. I will never force you to do things. That is so not my coaching style. My goal is to mega inspire the crap out of you so that you genuinely want to participate, want to use your voice, want to take up space inside of our sessions. But I will 
never force you. So that is the first thing that I wanted to share because that can create a lot of anxiety, especially I know some of my clients who have been inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy felt anxious about it before we even started. And I could have saved them some of that worry and anxiety just by letting them know, hey, you can come as you are in this space and I'm not gonna force you to talk or participate. If you're having an off day, it's okay for your camera to be off. I just don't like to create a stiff, judgy atmosphere. I want you to feel welcome. What I also want to share with you today is what makes the Art of Speaking Up Academy different than other professional development programs? Because I don't know about you, but when I was in my corporate career, I felt very, very stuck. I was struggling to believe in myself. I thought there was something wrong with me. I didn't speak in meetings. I didn't feel confident. And I did a lot of programs and workshops. I tried to get better and to work on myself. And I encountered so many women's circles and workshops and professional development programs that did not help me. And that is one of the reasons that I created the Art of Speaking Up Academy and that I created this entire podcast is because I realized what was missing from a lot of the programs out there. And what was wrong with a lot of the programs out there was they were too surface level. They were focusing on the tactics and here's how you do this and here's how you do that. But I was struggling with my internal lack of confidence, second guessing myself, negative self-talk. So I couldn't really bring those tactics to life and implement what I was learning because internally the self-doubt was holding me back from putting those tools into practice. This is why mindset work is a huge part of the Art of Speaking Up Academy because I know that mindset work is what is going to help move the needle for your growth. And if you just listened to the episode, which you did, because this is the end of the episode, I talked all about mindset and all about how our view of ourselves and the world isn't always accurate. And a big goal and a big focus of the Art of Speaking Up Academy is to help you build confidence by learning to manage the negative thoughts and the self-doubt that is getting in the way of you seeing and trusting in your own potential. A lot of my clients have an incorrect belief that because they are lacking in confidence, something is wrong with them. And they have this binary view of the world where they think, okay, there's confident people, and then there's people like me who are not confident. And I am an outsider, I'm not part of the cool club. I'm not one of the confident people. And so I'm going to struggle more in my career. And one of the things that I'm helping you really see and believe inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy is that that is actually not how the world works. There's no such thing as someone who is just born more confident. Confidence comes from the skill of learning to navigate self-criticism and self-doubt. Confident people, like those people who appear confident on the outside, most of them, and I can use myself as an example, a lot of my clients say, I admire how confident you sound on the podcast, so let's use me as an example. It's not that I feel amazing all the time and I don't experience self-doubt and negative thoughts. It's that I've gotten better and better at navigating them and not letting them get in the way of how I want to feel, who I want to be in the world, and how I want to show up. So it's not about you becoming perfect and becoming like a robot who never struggles, never stumbles, never fumbles, never has negative thoughts or feelings. It's about you cultivating that same internal mental muscle that quote unquote confident people have which is the mental muscle of not allowing your negative thoughts about yourself to rule your decisions, to rule your career, to rule how you participate in meetings, and to be able to take the actions that you want to take anyway. That is the muscle that I'm helping you cultivate inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy and that is why the very first module, the first month inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy is all around confidence. 
I teach you the foundational mindset tools that I use in my life to show up confident. And then for the rest of our time together, you get better and better at using those tools. You flex that internal muscle over and over until you become one of those confident people who is really good at showing up strong even when the self-doubt and the negative thinking pops up. It truly is a muscle that you can grow and work, and this is how you change who you are from the inside out. Now, the beautiful thing is that confidence and mindset work is not the only thing we do inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, but it is a thread that we continue to revisit over and over. But in addition to helping you grow your confidence and become someone who is really good at navigating doubt and negative thinking and who is really good at showing up confident, I also help you learn to take the inner confidence and translate it outwardly. Because it's one thing for you to learn to feel confident, but it's another thing for you to learn to sound confident. Sounding confident comes from your ability to know how to speak with authority, with certainty, like a leader. And this is what I teach you how to do inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I teach you how to have a strong presence when you speak. This is something that I'm very good at and I have deep experience in after recording 200 plus podcast episodes and taking theater classes and learning about stage presence. I can help you strengthen the physical sound of your voice in a way that feels authentic. And I teach you how to speak at the level of an executive, literally at the level of a CEO. So what you're getting inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy is a very well-rounded toolkit where you get to do that internal work to help grow your confidence. You also get to learn how to make sure that that confidence is translating to your audience so that when you speak, they experience you as being very, very confident. And you learn how to speak at an executive level so that your communication is impressive to the leaders at your company. And so you go into meetings feeling like you know what the heck you're doing. And like I said, the format that we learn these in is a combination of me teaching and me interacting with you. But I never ever force you because I do not believe in forcing. As a coach, it is not my job to force you It is my job to inspire you. When you are inspired, the desire to speak up, take up space, use your voice comes from you, not from me forcing you. So that's a little bit about what we cover inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And make sure to tune in next week where I will be sharing the final installment of the Inside the Academy series on the podcast. And make sure to add yourself to the Art of Speaking Up Academy waitlist so that you are first to find out when doors open. The spring enrollment for the Art of Speaking Up Academy is going to happen from May 1st through May 12th. If you are on the waitlist, you will ensure that you don't miss it. You will also get the best bonuses that are available by being on the waitlist. And once you head over to my website, justguzzitcoaching.com slash academy, Not only can you sign up for the waitlist, but you can view the entire curriculum of the Art of Speaking Up Academy and see what we cover every single week throughout the duration of the program. I can't wait to see you inside. And in the meantime, I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.